0: Hi, hey good to see
1: you that's right how's
0: man? everything everything's good man we uh you know survived the first month of the year actually uh off to a roaring start on all accounts and yes. uh groundhog saw a shadow so we got more winter ahead but it was 50 <laughs> degrees today and i'll take that you know
1: yeah how's um Life with the family still in... They're still in their uh, remote learning stuff, right?
0: We are, but uh, a, a miracle happened on Tuesday at the Loudoun County board meeting. they The school board voted, I think unanimously, to reopen schools two days a week. Has um, so, anything to do with that dude that got up? I think so, started, man. Started yelling at him? Dude, that guy was awesome. I actually reached out to him, seeing if he wanted to connect sometime, because... I was like, dude, you're my hero. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And he did. Yeah, he, that, was, he, that was
1: all over national media, man.
0: Yeah. No, like. well, you know, what's cool about it is, I mean, I was laughing because he's, he's speaking nothing but truth. And, you know, they, they try to spin it like he was rude and, you know, profanity. No, he didn't use any curse words. He wasn't rude at all. Yeah, he was irritated and he let him know it. But I thought the best part was when he was finished, he's like, just do your job. Just do your job. And he's walking out, and you can hear him off at the distance, and you can hear the the whatever the spokesperson for the sewer board. She's like, "Um, sir, sir, please stop, stop." He's like, "Just do your job." Like as he's walking out, and she's like, "Sir, your time is up. Sir, your time is up." And he goes, "I know my time's up. I'm leaving. Do your job." Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great.
0: Yeah, but but it was it, it's weird because. A week ago at the board meeting, they were nowhere near reopening schools. But then all of a sudden, a week later, so kindergarten through fifth grade goes back February 16th. So in two weeks, two days a week. And then by, I think it's by the first or second week of March, middle school and high school goes back. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's a coincidence or if it has anything to do with the fact that on Tuesday, also the state of Virginia, the state Senate, voted that all schools in the state of Virginia are required to reopen which is really? now which is now in the house and then the governor will sign off so i'm thinking just a bunch of egomaniacs they're probably thinking oh we better we better reopen before that you know mandate comes into effect cuz then we can say see we're the trendsetters. we decided to open up the schools before we were told we had to which i think yeah. again is kind of miraculous that the the big push across the country right now is reopen the schools, reopen the schools. They're totally safe. I don't know what's changed, other than <laughs> no. other one than thing, one, who, who sits no, in the White sure, House.
1: <laughs> one thing we know for sure is it has nothing to do with the virus, right? The virus hasn't
0: changed. It's yeah, it's 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 wild, man. I mean, you know, so who who knows? I'm not I'm not complaining. It's you know, hopefully they stay on this track. You know, hopefully they don't uh, you know reneg on it. You know, on the 15th and say, "Up, oh, psych, we're not going back to school. We're, we're actually going to stay home. But, you know, it, it's yeah. it's almost, it's becoming a circus, right? And I think, uh, you know, as a whole, I mean, I know we talk about school a lot. We talk about education a lot. But I think education as a whole, I mean, the term education is, quite frankly, it's just a, it's a joke now. I mean, it really is a joke. And, you know, I, I joke with my kids. I tell them, school's for fools. You know, and obviously I don't think school is truly for fools, but what they teach in schools now I think is for fools. I mean it's there there is absolutely zero information that is passed on to kids that is going to enable them to succeed in life and you know accomplish their dreams, accomplish their goals, see things through, overcome difficulties, you know, realize that life isn't fair. They're they're yeah. taught the polar opposite. They're taught yeah. to be weak-minded. They're taught that they're dumb, they can't do anything on their own, they'll never amount to anything, and they need us for help, right? It's, it's again, you know, we talk about that whole, like, you know, it's, it's cultural training, it's getting them dependent on something or someone else, right? You will never be able to own a house, you will never be able to start a company, you will never be able to be a leader without us, Right?
1: And that's the left controlling the education for just decades. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's led to. Is But that's exactly what they want. They want, like, standardized learning that teaches people those exact things. You're, you're uh, maybe, you know, the best you're going to do is the middle class. There's no, like, upper class or, like, wealth for, in your future. You live in a country that's systemically, you know, sexist and racist and all these things. So, if you're a minority, you've got no shot. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, and then they're getting they're getting that reinforced by all the media, all the stories out there, and none of it's actually true.
0: Well, and, and here's the thing, right? Is it's you know there there are look there's plenty of people that I do not agree with, and I get angry at them when they play that victim card. And I have to always catch myself, and I know you probably do the same thing. I have to catch myself and remind myself that I'm not angry at them, right? Because, it, quite frankly, it's not their fault. That all they hear, all they consume, everywhere they turn, it's the same narrative. It's the same, you know, life isn't fair, life isn't fair. You're, you know, you're oppressed, you're being held back. You know, trust me. Trust me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm, I'm going to be able to get you there. I'm going to be able to do this. And it's, it's a shame because if you don't have anyone in your orbit, right? I mean, you know, like the old saying that if you want to know, you know, how to climb up the ladder, how to be successful, like, look at the people that you surround yourself with. And if those people yeah. aren't doing better than you, then you, you're not going to ever improve. It's, it's never going to happen. And I think when you turn around and everybody in your orbit, everybody in your circle, your parents, your teachers, right? Those that are supposed to be lifting you up are telling you, whoa, whoa, don't. Don't take too many risks. You know, it's it's kind of dangerous to try this. Or or this is a safe road. Or, you know, think of the kids that say, hey, I don't know if I want to go to college. I want to get into sales. Or I want to start a business. Or I want to do, you know, be a professional athlete even. They're like frowned upon. Well, what do you mean? Like, you have to go to school. Why do you have to go yep. to school? Why do you have to go to not only school, but you have to go to the most expensive school that you can get accepted into. Right? Yeah. It's, it's to indoctrinate people. It's to basically say, hey, you got to spend you know 200 300 grand to get this piece of paper and then that's the ticket then you're set for life
1: yep but what the, you're really set for life with is debt debt yeah working for a corporation or a
0: company that keeps you in the middle class if you if you get out of high school and you go
1: like no debt start two or three different businesses maybe one of them takes off i mean you're in the driver's seat And that's the whole thing that i tell my kids like if you want to go to college great but i would want you in this day and age to have at least something that you're doing on the side that you're building
0: right
1: that's just that you know that wall of financial security that nobody can take away from you i mean right right now in the consulting firm that i'm in you know you can be the best worker in the world and have the best degrees but the second they decide to downsize one day to the next, you can be on the street—not on the street, but
0: you know. No, but 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 you're right though. I mean, I think it's also there's there's something to be said about just just confidence, right? I mean, when you when you start something up on your own, right, or maybe with a, a small group of people. I mean, obviously there's always people that help you along the way, but when you have yeah. that, you know, I mean, I guess the balls to try something and hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. This is what I'm gonna stand up. This is what I'm gonna do. And you know, sure, you're gonna meet resistance and you're gonna have people. You know, what is for sales? say? crab's in the bucket. They're going to pull you down. Oh, you can't do that. You're too dumb. You're too stupid. You don't have enough money. You don't have this. You don't have that. You need financial backing. The truth of the matter is, no, you don't. Right? Like, because, I mean, especially like, you know, for me in the sales world, it's people buy from people they like. Period. It, end yeah. of story. That's all that matters. If you're the best salesperson in the world, but the person you're selling to doesn't like you, you're not the best salesperson in the world. They, they don't like you. Yeah. They're not going to buy your product. Now, flip side is... Maybe you're not the best salesperson or maybe you're not the best salesperson yet, but you're genuine, you're transparent, you truly show that you give a crap about other people and I'm trying to help you. Dude, all of a sudden people are like, hey, you know what? I'm not in the market to buy from this guy, but I I like this guy. I'm going to introduce him to these people. Right? And then you get to those people and maybe they say no, but they're like, but you know what? Man, I like this guy's persistence. You know, he's honest. He's got a family, whatever it is it starts to blossom and each successful meeting you have the better you feel you're like oh man everybody told me yeah. i everybody told me i didn't have a chance and i'd be bankrupt in a week and i'm in here 2 weeks already all right we're going this is kind of cool right or you know i mean a, a podcast you know i mean you, you could easily sit there and be like all right come on like how do you define su- a successful podcast right i mean you got you know joe rogan which okay yeah that's success but you can't look at anything below that as a failure right i yeah. would say a failure is hey yeah somebody downloaded this podcast you know maybe 5 people and all 5 of them said this is this is basically a worthless piece of crap why did we do this <laughs> right i yeah. mean but it's 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 taking that step it's it's whether it's art whether it's hey i want to write songs or write music or sing or when you become a bodybuilder whatever it is just do it right because most people they have these these plans, these dreams, goals we always joke around about, you know, new, new Year's resolutions. They write these things down and then they don't do anything. Yeah. So it's worthless, right? It's it's action. Just you're better off not having a plan and just going out and trying to do something and failing time and time again and learning from those mistakes and picking yourself up and going after it again.
1: Yeah. That's the whole thing, man. People think you need a business plan. Yeah. No, you don't. It's a huge lie. You don't need a business plan. People think you need venture capital. Big time lie. Yep. You don't need venture capital. You have an idea. You go find some clients and build it. You know, you're know, you better off as an entrepreneur without venture capital in my mind. Yeah. Because that's crutch. And then you're already in debt to those people. I mean at a certain place in time, maybe you go down that path. But you just need to start something and stick to it. And that's – that's where you find success, man.
0: Well, well I think it's it's, it's funny because, I mean, you know, why... I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people don't do that, right? But the, I think the number one thing that pops up in everybody's mind is, is fear, right? The fear or the what-ifs. Well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or what if I fail? What am I going to do, right? What if I lose my house? What if I lose my family? And those are all... I get that. I mean, hell, I've I've had those... Thoughts many times, right? I know you have. Everybody yeah. has, right? But I mean, what what do they say about fear? It's like you know, false, false evidence appearing real, right? Like that's it's all things yeah. that like we get so stressed out. I mean, think of all the stresses in your life, all the stresses that I've ever had in my life. Ninety-five percent of them, not only do they never happen to you, they never happen to anybody that you've ever met in your entire life. Right? It's like it's like people that are so afraid of getting in an airplane because what if it crashes? Yeah, what what if? I mean yeah. and what if it doesn't? You're not gonna get on a plane because of that. Or, you know, you see someone that, that gets bit by a shark, you know, in Australia, I'm not going to the ocean ever again. Yeah. What? Like it's it's like the number of those things happening are so small. COVID. The 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 percentage of, of getting COVID, number one And then number two, dying from it, pretty damn low, right? I mean, I think the the most recent numbers were what? 27 million confirmed cases in the US of people with COVID and some like 21 million 100% recovered. But of that 27 million in a population of 360 million, what's that less than 8%? So less than 8% of the population. Still, here we are 14, 15 months into this thing and we're still talking about less than 8% of the population. I'll bet you ten percent of the population got a splinter last year. Right? Like it's come yeah. on. I mean like like it, it's just crazy. It is
1: tested positive.
0: It's crazy, man.
1: Right. Yeah, you're but you're still at ninety nine point nine percent chance of life. Right. <laughs> like the the if you're healthy and you're afraid of like dying from COVID, you, you just don't understand the numbers. And that's the whole thing, is the government, like politicians they they think that the American population doesn't know how to understand numbers. To be honest, like, because numbers don't lie. It's the same thing with police brutality. Like, there's numbers that actually tell you the story right. of pro- police brutality and the fact that it's you know there's bad apples. There, you know, brutality against whites, blacks, Hispanics, Asians based on who the cop is. But you know the whole narrative. You know, there's not numbers that back it. Right. So, yeah.
0: But it's, 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 it's funny because when you think of, you know, again, you combine education, right? And again, what, it, what is education, right? I mean, you know, like for me, I think that teachers, especially these teachers that are, you know, like the teachers unions that are locking up schools and boycotting going back to school and saying, I'm not going back to school. We're putting our lives at risk. Hey, look, if you're not healthy enough to go back to work, then how are you healthy enough to work remotely you're not healthy to, to work right or like you look at you look at i was talking to a buddy earlier today and you look at from a political standpoint with all the energy jobs right you know we're shutting down you know the the Alaskan pipeline we're su- shutting down you know all these you know these oil producing companies and groups and if all those people can just as easy, well, I don't know what they're complaining about. They can just go get a you know a freaking wind energy job or a sun energy job, solar energy. It's easy. Well, if it's that easy, yeah. why can't all these teachers just go get another job? It's easy. I mean, if you don't want, if you don't want to do the job that you signed up to do, go find another one. It, it's yeah. okay, right? But but that opens up a bigger problem: is why aren't there more teachers, right? And maybe this plays into the compensation. Why don't you try to entice people that have built companies, that have employed others and given people jobs and created, try to get those people to come in. And maybe they're not full-time teachers, but maybe you could work out a deal where you say, hey, you know, Nate, you started up five companies. You've created, you know, hundreds of thousands of jobs. Would you be open to coming in maybe one day a week into this school or a different high school every week? to sit there and conduct a seminar or teach a class maybe it's maybe it's pro bono maybe we pay you a bonus maybe who knows what it is but would you be willing to do that and come in there right and if the answer is yes because i bet you a lot of them be like hell yeah i'd love to come in there and you know talk to kids and tell them how how i got started all the things i was told but would the school system allow that no or would the school system be like whoa whoa we don't want to Hey, we don't want to be planting ideas and making these kids think that they can aco- accomplish more than they're capable of doing, God forbid,
1: yeah, thinking outside the box or dreaming a little bit.
0: But but you hear all the stuff about STEM, right? There's such a push for STEM, 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 and, and I'm all for STEM. But what about the kids like myself that are not STEM minded? Right? What about the ones that are born to just be creators? They're born to basically sit there and say, "Hey, I'm not technical, I'm not an engineer." But I can solve people's problems. I can help them figure out how to problem solve and, and provide a solution. What do you do for those yeah. kids? Right? That's where the entrepreneurs have to come in and say, all hey, right, if we're gonna push STEM for the technical engineering side, we gotta push this other narrative that basically the people that are gonna employ all these STEM guys. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. just I don't know, it's just I, I always find it funny because, you know, in school, I mean I'm sure you're actually your your older daughter's probably doing this now. My older daughter's like taking those like career tests well this is the career that you're most likely to succeed in right and my daughter's telling me this stuff and i'm like yeah you're gonna have to find a different career like (laughs) like it's like if that's what you want to do that's cool but let's let's think logically about this stuff right like what's the what's the ceiling of that where are you gonna work what do you need how much schooling do you need can you get away without going to school Right? I mean it's it's all these things that why are they pushing these kids into these pockets? Right? It's it's all for reasons. There's there's reasons for this stuff. And I'm not saying that everybody is cynical. I'm not saying that everybody is like trying to like brainwash kids, but I do think that nobody stops to ask why. Like, you know, when teachers go over their curriculum, nobody is like, wait a minute, what why did we completely erase this from our history? (laughs) Like Hold on, yeah. like, like again, why? And then, and then shame on the principals, right, and the administrators for not doing the same thing and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we not doing this? Why did we decide to eliminate, you know, the word God from the Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah. When did that happen and who decided that? And why was it decided, yeah. right? Like, I'm not saying do it, don't do it, but at least ask why, right? Yeah. I mean... Because I'll be honest, I mean, for me, like, that's one of the the highlights of my day is seeing my kids still say the Pledge of Allegiance even remotely every single morning. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. All right. Like, we haven't screwed that one up yet, right? I'm sure it's coming, but.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yes. I mean, society's trying to teach them that that's sort of a racist thing. I mean, with all the athletes and everybody not coming out from the locker room during that, you know, it's, it's crazy, man.
0: Which 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 that's funny too. Even like the take a knee thing. Yeah. If you remember not that long ago when Tim Tebow used to take a knee and pray before and after every game or after he scored, he was ridiculed, he was made fun of, he was dude, he had so much stuff, just pure hate hurled at that guy. Because yeah. he was taking a knee and praying to God. But now it's cool. Right now it's like <laughs> it's totally cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. You know, it's it's uh it's funny too because I look at, you know, just all this stuff. It's like, you know, how how important it is that every person figures out what their their gift is, right? Like I think every one of us has something inside of us that it's almost like our it's our duty in life before we die to get that out to whoever it is, yep. right? And I think You know, there needs to be more of a focus and it's not going to happen in school, but maybe it's parents, maybe it's, you know, leadership training, whatever it is, there's got to be more of a focus in helping people realize, hey, you know what? Like, have you ever thought of this or have you ever thought of that? Or man, you're really, really good at, you know, conflict resolution or you're really good at this or that. How do we help those people foster stuff, right? How do we help them basically realize like, wait a minute, I can, I can make a career out of that. Like yeah. the answer is yes you can, right? You just got to you got to figure out like with with what I have, with what I know, with what I've experienced whatever it is, is it enough to go out to the market with, right? And again, I don't think it starts by going to the market and selling stuff. I think it go it starts with talking to just one person here and doing it for free, right? And just, you know, mentoring them, maybe it's a weekly coaching session whatever it is. And then eventually they tell other people they're like, hey, you got to talk to this this guy or guy. They, man, they really helped me a lot. They helped me see clarity, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it starts to spread, right? Right. But it's yeah. if you don't know that that's a possibility because you're so, you know, stuck in your your nine to five, right? School, whatever it is, you just get blinded by all that stuff. You know, you don't take time to 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 think like, oh man, there's stuff to the left and the right of me. Oh shit! All right, this this could be fun, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. When you t- when you talk about your gift, I, I kind of think of the term purpose. Like, yep. what is your purpose? Like, why are you on this planet? And I think it also goes back to your idea of like taking God out of the pledge of allegiance. Like, if a society turns their back on God, you start to just have purposeless lives. Like, if you don't think that life is bigger than you are, why are you ever going to try to seek out your purpose? And I think like that's one of my fears is what if I what if I were to end up on my deathbed and like think oh no that was my purpose like I, I didn't dude, get it done
0: Dude that that's that's the I mean that like to me that's that's probably the worst nightmare that you can have right yep. is is at the end of days
1: Attracted by these other things that you didn't even see the purpose that was right in front of your face
0: Yep But it's but yeah. it, but it takes I mean look it's What's crazy, and and, I mean, I I can only speak for you know for myself and people that I've talked to about this, but what's what's crazy to me is your purpose, and I I truly believe this. I think fate is everything. I do believe like you know you can't you can't fuck with fate. Fate is fate. Like it's it. If if God has a plan, dude, you're not gonna. You can try to alter it. You can try to fight it. You know whatever. But when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. No matter what you do, no matter how you try to prepare for it. It's your time, yeah. but it I doesn't think matter if
1: one mask or three masks. If it's that, your time to die, COVID,
0: dude, that that's it, right? And that's that's my whole take. Like, look, if if you're telling me that I'm gonna die from COVID, then I'm gonna die from COVID. I, I, I don't know what else. Like, what, what can I do about that, right? Yeah, or it's, dude, it's just it's just crazy, man. It's it's. But but I do believe that your purpose. I think that, and I don't know what age it is. But I think that every single person, by the age of twelve, they know what their purpose is because there's a there's an inner voice that's talking to you that you just tune out because you're like, "Ah, yeah, whatever. It, you, either you're not hearing it, you're not paying attention to it. And unfortunately, most people don't realize what their purpose is until it's too late or until yeah. they only have, you know five years left in life, or they get a a, a prognosis that, hey, you've got two years to live. And that's yeah. when they're like, oh my God, I, I, I got to get this out. I know exactly what I need to do. And I think it's, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, it's something I've done. I've actually played in my head, like, what would I say at my eulogy? Like, what would I say to, you know, if, if I'm laying there in a casket and I was able to stand there and eulogize myself, what would I say to my kids? What would I say to my wife? What would I say to family, friends, whatever it is? And I think when you do that, it it sounds a little morbid, like a little like, whoa, dude, that's a little, that's a little (laughs) creepy. But I also think that it kind of keeps you grounded and in check of basically saying that, what if you didn't wake up tomorrow? Did you, did you do like, number one, are you doing what you would do if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? Are you doing right now what you knew you would always want to do? And if the answer is no, then you got to figure out, okay, am I doing the polar opposite of what I would would do? Like, for instance, you're laying there, you know, eating Doritos, watching TV, and you knew, hey, I got three hours to live. Is that what you'd be doing, man? Like, or would you be hugging your kids or hugging your wife or being like, hey guys, get in the car, we're going somewhere. I don't know where, but we're going somewhere. And I think it's it's a good way to live because most of us get caught up in the, "Ah, I'll do it tomorrow, Ah, I'll do it later. I'll do it next week. And it's what if tomorrow doesn't come? Like you 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 gotta live in the moment. You gotta live in terms of, hey, yesterday's gone. There's nothing you can do to change it. Tomorrow may not come. I got today, right? I got twenty four hours. This is what I'm gonna do. And I think if you if you shift your mindset to that, dude, it's a it's a game changer, right? It's a game changer. And you also realize how long 24 hours is, right? Because yeah. you're like, damn, like like, I got you know more done by 7 o'clock in the morning than most people get done by 7 o'clock at night. And it's only because you, you're doing it with intent and you're actually following through on what you know darn well that you need to do. Right? I mean, it's crazy, though. Yeah. That is. <sighs> but you know what helps with that? 75 hard, man. Right? I mean, that, yeah. that whole program <laughs> helps with... Just seeing tasks through more so than anything I've ever done. It's it's crazy. It's a little cult like I think, but it's just you know I mean because dude honestly who doesn't know that if you want to you know if you want to be healthy you eat right you exercise you read and you drink a lot of water who 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 doesn't There's not a single person that doesn't know that even the even the fat bastard that's like 800 pounds that that can't even stand up. Physically can't stand up. They know what they need to do if they want to start feeling better. Right? I mean, they just don't do it. They make the conscious decision not to do it. Right? So it's like, uh, you know, I mean, Frisella always says, like, there's those that do and there's those that don't. Simple as that. There is no in between.
1: Yeah. It it reminds me, we were watching a show this last week called My 1,000-Pound Life or something. Have you heard of this? No. So it's these two sisters... One of them's like six hundred pounds. One of them's like four hundred pounds, and it's a show about them, like in their lives and how eventually they decide they want to lose weight. But there's just so many things I just wanted to just yell in, at the TV at them because they were just so they were just annoying me to death. They're saying things like, you know, every time they thought about losing weight or they drive in to go see a doctor who's going to do a. What's those stomach, uh, the the the
0: the bands or whatever that they put on them?
1: Try to shrink their stomachs. Like that's gonna work. It's like stop. You don't need surgery. You need to shut your mouth every time you think about eating junk. Put in a celery stick. Like it's not difficult. Like (laughs) let's just, if I were coaching them, I'd say you can eat literally. You can eat four foods. That's it. You can drink water. You can eat chicken breast. You can eat broccoli. And you can eat apples, whatever it is, nothing else, no sodas. But these people want to try to get cute with things. And then every time they thought about doing it, they're like, well, we'll start tomorrow. We'll start tomorrow. We'll start on Monday. No, you start now. And then and then they go to this this place, I think this restaurant where they were just chowing down. And the 600 pound one says in, like, the little cutaway interview, like, people were looking at me like I was a freak show. Like, she's so offended by people looking at her like she's a freak show. Like, until you get to the place where you can tell yourself, I am a freak show, you're that's, never going to change. That's Like, right. that's your internal narrative if you ever want to change. They're but, looking at me like I'm a freak because I am a freak.
0: But it's almost like, isn't that, isn't that the, like, we'll watch that show uh, Intervention sometimes, right? And it's just because, I, I mean, it, it's very sad. Like, I, I get so mad at the people. I'm like, God, you are, like... Especially the dudes. I'm like, dude, you are you're a 50 year old man and you still have mommy issues. Like, dude, grow up, man. Like, seriously. Uh, my my mommy was mean to me. Uh, like a 50 year old man. And I'm like, oh my god, you piece of crap, right? But it's it's the same thing. It's like until you hit rock bottom, you're not gonna change, right? Like you can't. Like if you've got somebody that needs to go to rehab, you can't. I mean, you could physically tie him up, throw him in a trunk, and bring him to rehab. But they're not going to change. They'll do nothing until they decide they want to do it. And I think, like, could you imagine if I'm introducing you to people, like, oh, man, you know, you remember Nate, right? Like, you know, my buddy. They're like, nah, yeah, the 600-pound dude. Like, could you imagine? (laughs) Like, like, dude, I was, I mean, I was 275, right, at the start of 75 hard. And, I mean, I, I had a gut. I was definitely out of shape but i wasn't, you know, 500 pounds. I could still run, I could still throw, I could still do everything, right? But yeah. in my mind, I was still in shape. I could still there was nothing i couldn't do. Until i got my fat ass moving and eating right and, you know, then i dropped what, I dropped down to 218 and then in between phase 1 and phase 2, i went from 218 to like 238. So i put on okay. 20 pounds. Thanksgiving and Christmas because I was eating like a pig again. I was still working out, but I also bulked up a lot, right? So I I started lifting heavier again. And now I'm back down after phase two. I'm down to 216. So I went from 275 to 216 in, what, 200 days or 180 days. And I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't take any supplements. I didn't drink any vitamins or weight loss things or anything. Anything. Nothing. I, I matter of fact, I paid for nothing. I took zero supplements. I ate better, right? So I did keto and I drank a lot of water and coffee. That's it. No alcohol, yeah. no, no processed foods. Dude, but but that's the thing, is it's we all know what we have to do. We 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 understand, we choose not to, yeah. right? Like We choose to go eat a donut or a dozen donuts. Like, you don't just wake up one day and you're 600 fucking pounds, dude. That's a, like, that is, there's no excuse for that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, and and the other thing that was hilarious is they they couldn't weigh this 600-pound lady on a normal scale. So they had to take her into, like, a junkyard to do it on, like, what they weigh, like, trucks and stuff. (laughs) And when she got the results of, like, 600 pounds, they do a cutaway interview and she's like, it was. There's no way it was accurate. I don't. I don't believe that scale. It's not accurate. And then they cut away to the construction work. He's like, "No, it's accurate. We get we get inspectors that come in like on a monthly basis to inspect our scales.
0: That's exactly yeah. the way wait. God. But it's like
1: you can't. Even when it's right in front of your face, she couldn't but, see.
0: But it was the.
1: Same.
0: But here's the thing is, so at at two at two seventy five, which is not even half of that woman, at two seventy five. There were only, I mean, maybe three people total that would ever tell me, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta slim down, man. You're, you're looking sloppy." Three, right? And and every one of them, I'm like, "Dude, you're an asshole. Like, screw you, man. I would, get, I would get the def- I'd get mad. Like, screw you, dude. Like, your, your marriage is in shambles or whatever. You suck. Like, right? Like, instantly, I started throwing like rocks at them. Like, oh yeah, all right. You want to say I'm fat? Well, you're a loser, right? Just yeah. like a child, but what's crazy is that's what you need. Like you, you actually need like that six hundred pound woman and her much smaller sister at four hundred pounds. They need somebody. They're like, does this dress make you look fat? Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, as a matter of fact, you're four hundred pounds over being fat. Like, but and, and yes, they say like, what's the old saying? The truth hurts. Yeah. Dude, the truth hurts. But you gotta but you gotta feel, say yeah. it. Whenever,
1: yeah. Whenever you feel that offense coming up and you feel it in your gut that I'm offended, that's how you know it's
0: truth. That's right, man. Dude. Wouldn't
1: feel that. So when you got offended for just being 275, it was because you probably felt there was a little bit of truth
0: there. Dude, that's right. And and, and you don't you don't truly realize it. Like that's and that's why you gotta surround yourselves now whether you're whether it's your marriage and you, you hold each other accountable, like, hey, you're, you're slipping up. You got to do a better job here, here, and here, right? Like, it's easy for us. Oh, screw you. We get all defensive. But they're right most of the time. I mean, let's, let's be honest, right? They are. But you also got to be that way, you know, as a parent. Like, you, you want your kids to you be like, hey, Dad, you know, you're, you're being kind of tough on me. No, I'm not. Damn. Yes, I am. Right. Like it's like I, I like I reward that stuff. I'm like, hey, dude, thank you. Like, thank you for keeping me accountable, you know, but it's the same thing at work. Right. If you nobody wants to have employees that work for them that are afraid to tell you when you're doing something wrong or you cross a line. Like I want my people to tell me that I want them to tell them when, when I'm doing stuff good, too. But you want them to be like, hey, I, I think that was wrong. How you called out this person in front of the group? Like, you know, you should apologize dude yeah. yeah you're right man I'm, I'm sorry like hey let me call him right now hey Nate I'm sorry dude I was totally out of line he's like oh that's cool no hey thank god you know Bobby said something to me cause I, dude I totally didn't even catch that it wasn't intentional but you gotta have that and you gotta have friends I mean what's a good friend right a good friend is gonna tell you when you're being an asshole a good friend is gonna tell you that hey dude don't cheat on your wife what the hell's wrong with you like be a man oh well we hate each other okay well then leave her Go tell her. Go be a man and tell her. Don't skirt around at night trying to be sneaky. Just, just say it. It's okay. We all make mistakes, but be a man. Own it, right? Own it. Be accountable and just do it. But nobody does that because oh, I don't. I don't want to be mean. I don't. I don't know. Like, you know, I know that her husband's cheating her, but I don't want to say anything and upset her. You don't want to upset her? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, because because here's what happens. You fast forward five years from now, 10 years from now, when she finds out and she comes to you, she's like, yeah, I can't believe it. You know, Bobby's been, turns out he's been cheating on me. Oh, no, I, I know. I know. I, I just didn't know how to tell you. What, what you knew? You're my best friend and you knew? Oh, my God. Am I like the laughing stock of the whole entire town? And, I mean, you know, especially Western Loudon. that's how it is. Everybody <laughs> finds out, like... Like you didn't know? Well, yeah, dude. Everybody knows. Might as well take out like a front page ad. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows, right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Funny the point you just brought up about, um, you know, like going to somebody and apologizing and like owning that. You know, it's um, it's in how to win friends and influence people, right? Yeah. It's when you screw something up. Like you, if you just automatically go and be over the top apologetic and over the top. I can't believe I did this over the top. Like, I'm an idiot. Like, you, you go to that place, then the person is just going to jump to your side. Like, what could have been a problem, now you've got them on your side. Yep. They were probably a little bit upset, but now they're totally in your ballpark and they're trying to diffuse too. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not that big a deal. Like, I'm, I'm thankful you apologize, but, like, don't worry about it. But if you don't go to that place, then it's just going to fester.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely, man. And and, and it's, it also, it, it becomes a situation where, they talk to someone else. Are like, I, I can't believe Mike said this to me, and they're like, "Dude, he's he's done that to me a couple of times too, and I'm still, I mean, I haven't yeah. said anything, but I, dude, I, I'm I've been pissed off with that guy. I haven't trusted him in years, man, because yeah. he'll throw you under the bus and heartbeat, whatever it is. But I think I think you're right, man. It's it's if more people would just talk in absolute truth, ninety percent of the problems in the world wouldn't even exist right yeah. like or or if people would just stop taking themselves so damn serious right it's like dude you you are no better than me and i'm no better than you can we agree on that yes all right cool then we're going to get along just fine man if i do something and i tell people that like i'll tell even when i mean i've got some people that work for me that dude they can have my job easily easily they can have my job no question because they're they're better than me they've been doing it longer than me no question but I tell them that up front as I bring them on. I'm like, hey, by the way, dude, you can have my job tomorrow. And the truth is that if my owner were to come to me tomorrow and say, hey, you know what, man, thanks for all you've done, but we're gonna move this guy into your place. We don't need you anymore. I would honestly be like, damn, like internally be like, all right, I, I can live with that because you know what, I made the company better by bringing this guy in here. And if you think he can do better. Cool, man. I don't disagree with you. Right. But I tell people that because I'm, I'm secure in myself that I'm like, hey, if you truly are better than me and you're going to bring the company, you know, X amount higher, then, then you're the better guy for the job. I mean, it's, and I'll have to go find somewhere else and be the better person. Right. But I think if more people operated like that versus, I mean, what, dude, let's be honest. What's your typical setting? Right. You got this boss egomaniac that, you know, he finds somebody that's better than me. He's like, I can't, I'm not, I can't hire that guy, no way, dude. Or he makes more than me, no way, I'm not, I'm not spending on that shit, right? Like, it's the people that's at in- inferiority complex, where, yeah. why would you not want, right? Picture you're, you're a football coach, right? You're an NFL football coach, and instead of putting the best 11 guys out on the field, right? All 11 are better than you, you're like, eh, you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna go with these, these, these amateurs you know the best amateurs i can find because i know i'm better than all of them dude yeah. you're you're going to freaking go 0 and, 0 and 16 you're the laughing stock of the league and then you're going to get fired flip side is you have the guy that hires all studs he's got 11 all pro guys out on the field they go 16 and 0 then they go and win you know win out the playoffs win the super bowl you get a big raise because you were the architect that basically hit said hey I'm comfortable enough to set my ego to the side and let these yeah. guys go out there and kick ass. And who's going to get the credit? I am. Because I was yeah. I was comfortable enough to, to basically say, hey guys, you know what? You go do your thing. I'm here to help. Otherwise, I'm going to stay out of your way because you're better than me. Go do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. And the... The parallel in business is not, like, the best athletes. It's, like, you're smarter than me. So many people get stuck around, like, I'm the smartest in the room. I have the answers. But you want people on your team smarter than you that have better answers.
0: Dude, that... But some
1: people can't can't go there.
0: Was it, was it, uh... Shit, was it Henry Ford that was notorious for... I guess he wasn't a very smart guy, like, just in general. And people used to make fun of him all the time because like they would try to, cause he was making so much money, especially once he came with the assembly line, he was just cranking out stuff. People were just buying cars at left and right. And, and somebody like tried to trip him up one time. Like you don't even know about, you know, I don't know, ABC. And he goes, yeah. why the hell do I need to? I got 400 guys that I hired that, that are the best ABCers in the world. Right. And it's, it's so true. Cause it's like, dude, I make so much money. Why do I? Why do I need to be an expert in everything? I'll hire people that are the experts and say, "Hey, experts, come here. Here's what we need to do. You guys figure out this problem. Go get it done." And again, I'll get out of your way. You see it in the military, right? What makes what makes good leaders? What makes good generals? People that talk to the people on the ground and say, "Hey, guys, what do you need in order to do your job to be the most successful? What what kind of intel? What kind of this? What kind of that? What kind of tools?" It's not the guys that say, "Here you go," I just spent fifty billion dollars on water guns. Go, 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 go get them, men. Right? Because you're yeah. like, uh, "What the hell am I going to do with this?" And they're sitting there like, "Yeah, look at that. I spent fifty billion dollars on these guys. These guys, I look out for these guys." But they're not because they're so they're so focused on themselves and what they think they need to do versus taking the extra time. Showing a little humidity, or humility rather, and saying, hey, what do you guys need? How can I do a better job? How can I support you? Yeah. Crazy, man. Hey, real yep. quick, how, how about the Super Bowl? You got any, uh, any thoughts on the Super Bowl or, or any care?
1: Um, yeah, I got to go for the Chiefs.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just, I, I mean, I'm a Brady hater. But <laughs> it's funny because he, he's grown on me a little bit in his old age. And I like the fact that he he doesn't wear masks and he's not afraid to have, like, a a Make America Great Again hat in his locker. Whatever you think of that, like, he's not trying to be, like, politically correct. So, I got to give him some props for just, like, owning who he is. Um, But, yeah, I can't. I'm just not a Brady fan.
0: So, I'm I'm going to... I'm am a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Huge, I I, dude, I love that kid, man. Like that's yeah. that's the kind of kid that if my boys were like, "Hey, Dad, I want to be like Patrick Mahomes," when I go, I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Or if my daughters were like, "Dad, that's the, this is this is Patrick," you know, he's he wants to marry me. I'd be like, "That's a good kid, man." Like you know, because he's a hell of an athlete, but he's a good kid. He's a grounded kid. But yeah. I'll be honest, I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I'll 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 put money on that. But I have always hated Tom Brady. I mean, because yeah. I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so when he was at Michigan, I'm like, damn, we can't beat this bastard. Like, this guy beats us every year at Michigan. And then of all teams, he goes to New England, which, as a Yankees and Giants guy, hate New England. Like, hate them with a passion. But I will tell you this. I gave Belichick all the credit, and my prediction for this year was that the Patriots were going to go run the table and that Brady was going to suck. And man, I am eating my words, but here's the other thing. It's kind of like the Tiger Woods thing. Brady's our age. Yeah. I got a soft spot for guys our age that can still go out there and compete at the highest level. Like there's a yeah. there's a certain and I've always respected the guy. So let me let me back up. I always respected the guy because he's a winner. I didn't like him. Well, he's a winner except for when he plays against Eli Manning. But He's a winner in general, right? Yeah. And I respect the hell out of that because, dude, winners, they get shit done. They yeah. get it done. And and that, dude, he is a general in that huddle. He demands, demands, do your job. You do your job. You do your job. And if you don't, he is going to lay into you. And that's what winners do, right? So in yeah. that, that perspective, but I do want Tampa to win – one for the old guy, and two. I'm a big, you know, Jason Pierre Paul fan. You know, when he okay. was with the Giants. So the fact that you know the guy blows his freaking fingers off, you know, has a rough go of it, and then now he's playing back in the Super Bowl, dude. I like that, but he's gonna lose. But I'd like to see him win. Yeah, I like to yeah. see him win. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I do like the stories about Brady. Like I love the fact, you know, the stories from when he came in as a rookie and started like outworking everybody showing up in the film room earlier than everybody else. Like that kind of just shows who he is. So I respect that. I guess I'm a little turned off by him always being called the goat. Like, I think he's, he's great. I don't know from like a pure talent perspective, if he's on like, for me, it's like John Elway, Drew Brees, a couple others that are just pure passers, pure athletes. Um, but I I mean, I'm kind of over hating on
0: him. What you can't really hate at this point. Dude, I mean, ten Super Bowls, man, come on. I mean, yeah. like like, dude, I don't even know yeah. where do you start there, right? But it's but the one thing I'll say with him is he's never been surrounded by the most athletic players, right? Aside from Randy Moss. Right? But it's always been a team effort. And that's what I like, right? Like it's like it's like it's like watching, like, college basketball versus the NBA, right? Like, college basketball is starting to get a little off track, but it's still a team sport, right? Yeah. Like, they still, they pass a lot more. The defense is better. You know, but by the time you get to the NBA, it's me, me, me. Like, I want the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. And I think when you look at Brady, even in Tampa, dude, I mean, there's no, you know, I mean, they've got some some talented guys, but there's no rock star right there's no leading receiver there's no leading rusher it's dude he spreads the ball around i mean Gronk is yeah. an animal right but Gronk gets one catch a game and it happens to be like a 55 yarder to win it every single game but i think it's cool to watch it's cool to watch him like just really just like mindfuck people like he just sits there like i'm going to get this guy boom and he's still... Dude, he's still in good shape, man. Like, I, I'll bet you he could play for another two or three years. Yeah.
1: Yeah? No, it is crazy to watch.
0: It's wild. You know, I met I met John Elway once, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, huge hands, dude. Huge hands. Like, yeah, super good dude. He was... Uh, it was back when I was in college in uh, in Boca, and I was running. I ran the valet company there, and uh, uh-huh. he was at a restaurant called Big, uh, Big City Grill. He was there... Marino was there. Uh, Don Shula was there. I met Shula. Wow. I, I smoked a cigar with Don Shula. One of the coolest guys I ever met in my entire life. Uh, wow. Met Dan Marino that same night. One of the biggest assholes I ever met in my life. <laughs> and John Elway <laughs> told me so. John Elway told me that Dan Marino was a total prick. Really? I swear That's to God. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, yeah, he was he, he monster hands, dude. Monster hands, like his like sausage fingers. It's crazy. crazy. I was like, damn man. Yeah. 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 Super nice guy though. Super nice my, guy.
1: one of my like behind Jordan is probably Elway for me. Just in childhood, like athletes.
0: Dude, he was such a good he's I mean he still is a good dude. He was such a good dude, man. Like um Yeah, i, I, I like I've always been an Elway fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He was something else. Cool man. All right. Dude. Bad, no, Back it up. Yeah, man. Keep it strong. Um, almost a year. Kind of nuts. Yeah. All right. So Great. All right, man. Been I'll fun. catch you up. Good catching up, as always. And uh, have fun in, uh, in the big D down there. Yep. All okay. right, man. Later. Later.